You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Here on Rally Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Please send me a text at 2057. Uh, email me inbox at realitycheck.radio. It's been my great pleasure uh, to be interviewing uh, the leaders of, look, I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't know how to describe them. Um, why don't I call them the citizen parties? You know, I don't like small parties, minor parties. Uh, the citizen parties, the parties that are being led from uh, people and funded by people outside uh, the parliamentary system, outside um, the legacy media and outside our legacy political parties. Uh, these are the parties that have bubbled up um, from citizens, not satisfied with what we've got. And joining us this morning is the leader of Democracy NZ, and I guess the founder of Democracy NZ, Matt King. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Rodney. Lovely to talk to you. Well, I want to take it quietly, take it slowly, give you lots of space. You are almost unique amongst the citizen parties in that you have been a parliamentarian. You were the MP for National for Northland. Tell us, first of all, what was it like being an MP? Oh, look, second second only to getting married to my beautiful wife and having my three children. It was right up there in terms of my life achievements. It's, it, it represented a the culmination of um, several years of work, you know, that to get selected and to get then win an election is pretty hard going, as you know. And um, and so I I I worked really hard and I worked with, with everything I had, gave it all I had. And so, yeah, I can say being down in Parliament and being representative for the people was, was way up there, massive for me. And all things being equal, you would still be there. Yeah, if we hadn't had a COVID election and a drug referendum and a and a and a, a, a I guess a, a leader at the time that pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and had them had them all believe that their lives were at risk and everything was going to go to hell in a handbasket unless they uh, did what they did. Um, yeah, I, if I had a normal election, I would have won my seat again. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. and so you didn't. And then, as you say, we were in this grip of the COVID, and you came out early, strongly, and took a leadership position against the COVID madness. Why? Oh, look, um, Rodney, I had I, I knew, like you, early on, and I've heard you speak, so I know exactly what you're talking about, that, that something wasn't right. And we I, I didn't know. I just didn't I just knew in my gut something wasn't right. I thought that um having 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 the whole the whole COVID debacle with treatments being suppressed and cheap drugs that were not allowed to be used and people losing their doctor's licenses and and mandating and and, and people losing their jobs over not taking a vaccine, all those sorts of things. Just For me, I just knew something wasn't right. So I, I went back to the National Party because I was obviously out. I was out, I was out. I was on the list, but I was still in touch with them all. And I was saying, look, we've got to at least stick to our, our uh, constitution, which says individual freedom and choice. We need to support people's rights to choose, regardless of what you what the position of the party was on um, vaccination and all that. And they they refused to. They basically said to me, "If you step out, step away, and start continue on this path that you're on, you, there's no future for you in national." And I I knew then that I thought, well, you know, 
like you, Rodney, you've got to look yourself in the mirror and you've got to decide what you're going to do. And are, are you principled? Are you going to stick to your principles? Are you just going to get, um, you know, buckle down and pick your career over your principle? And I, I thought, nah, I can't, I can't be part of this. This because if this you is- had stayed true and followed the party line, you could be the candidate for Northland again and back into Parliament as a national MP, presumably. Absolutely. I mean, the tide's going out on the red tide's going out, the blue one's coming in. I would have been, I, I would have been reselected as the candidate. I would have been the MP probably for a good three or four terms, maybe. Mm. Maybe you know, I've walked away from a guaranteed career. Yes. Now tell me, I want to. Do you mind if I explore this a little bit? Because um, I have been out of Parliament for so long that I've had no contact with any MP over this COVID madness. I've just looked at them like. Um, incomprehendingly like everyone else. So you were in contact with national MPs and the National Party over COVID. And you're telling us that you said to them, you know, let's stick to our principles, um, which is always a good place to start. Um, And how, how did you get it fed back that that wasn't a happening thing? Okay, so nothing was ever done in text or on record or any email. Of course, it was always it was always done over the phone. But I was, and it was done via the, via people within the party that weren't, you know, MPs. So yep. it all came it all came via third hand, but it all came yep. through. They're very, clever, right? Very, eh? They're clever. Oh, very clever. Yeah, yeah. They all came via um, senior members of the party in, in the in the in the in, you know in the in the hierarchy there. But it was made very clear to me. That if I, because I, I did question a lot of things, and and they, they basically said if you want a career in, in the national party, you you got to shut your mouth and put your head down, and if you don't, um, we're gonna we're gonna make an example of you. And I I knew then I said right once I once I decide I'm not gonna stand by and let this happen, they're gonna circle the wagons on me and they're going to attack me, and they 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 have to a certain degree they have they've done that, but. You know, so privately, some of them haven't. You know, but but they, I know, I, I knew that my career was over with the National Party. I, I pretty much knew that. I knew that from months before the protest. You must know MPs and National who don't didn't agree with it. Yes, now, they were in an invidious position because they would be literally. They wouldn't be chucked out of the party because um, that would make martyrs of them, but they would be sidelined, um, not given any high-profile jobs, quietly dropped down the hierarchy and probably dropped out at the next election. And parties have to survive, and to survive they have to have a rigid discipline and the discipline has to come down from the top. Obviously, the top has to listen a little bit to the troops, but not much. And if the top decides something, uh, the troops have to be whipped into line um, uh, for the greater good of the party. So there would have been MPs disciplined to go along with the government and the COVID story, right? Could even be the majority, Matt. Look, I think I, I do know of individual MPs that were, were totally opposed to any of it and held out to the last minute, and they had to run the media gauntlet every day: who's been vaccinated, who hasn't, who's doing this, who's doing what. At the end of the day, they pick their careers over their principles, and that—that's the fact. 
but I do know that several of them were, were not supportive of the leadership position, but just went along with it because, as you said, um, you're very career limiting when you disagree with the leadership. I've seen leadership of the party; it's very career limiting, and so they 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 just complied basically. And of course, we had the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Sandra Gowdy, ex-national MP, uh, Mayor of Coromandel, I think, uh, who stood staunch and stood against the media who attacked her endlessly. Uh, she was a beacon uh, through all of this. And so we know there would be Sandra Gowdy-like people, but just not as principled or as tough. And I can understand it um, because it is a very, very tough. I do not know whether I could have withstood what would be going on inside a political party. Look, uh, I, I, if someone says to me, oh, well, it'd be great to have you in Parliament, I look at them and think, I do not know myself in that first madness of those days if I was in a position. I would hope I would stand tall, but I've never faced anything like this in my political career, so I don't know. I wasn't yeah, tested well, like these guys were tested. Yeah, I hear you, Rodney. I absolutely hear you. And you don't know what you, the decision you'd make at the time. But um, look, for me, I, I look back and I, I see the madness that's happened since. And I, and everything that I thought was playing out, play, has played out, has turned out to be the truth. And I know that there were vaccine injured, uh, there's, there's MPs with vaccine injured children. Oh, really? That. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know that for a fact. Um, I know of one, put it this way, but I know of one. Um, so, and, so, and just um, I won't push you on who it is. I'm not interested in who it is. You can't tell me. But was that a person who was reluctant to take the vaccine and took it because the leadership said? Look, I, to be honest, I don't know that fact because I, I'm not friends with them, and okay. um, they're not. Yeah, that was a, it's a senior person, senior person. But I do not know, so I can't say for sure. Okay. I only know about people that were similar vintage to me, or a, a year. Yes. An intake before and, and after me, and, and those are the ones that I I know of personally. But and one or two senior ones that I know I know personally as well. But I'd never name them to you. But they they were they they're going against it. So for me, you know, like when I was the MP, I, I sort of put a post up about climate change and sort of questioning the narrative a little bit, like more imputed. And I was told in no uncertain terms that if I continue down that path, there's no way I'll make a minister, no matter how good I am. And, I, and that was spelled out to me very early on in the first year or two of, of, of being in the National Party. So I, I, I have the luxury now, Rodney, of, of like you being a party leader, if I make parliament this time round, um, I, I will be able to speak freely and I'll be able to have – there will be no one sitting on my shoulder telling me to um, not to say something. I'll, there's, mm. there, was, there are a lot of don'ts when you're a junior MP, a lot of don'ts and not a lot of do's, you know. Mm. So I, I'll be free. So – Tell me about your decision to not join another party, but to start a party. And tell me, look, God knows, no one knows who hasn't tried it, just how tough it is. It's unbelievably tough. It's mm. relentless. Um, there's a huge negativity, egos, everything in a, in a mm. small party. Um so just tell me about your decision to start that party and what it's been like in brief to this point. 
So, so what happened was we did have conversations with quite a few of the other party leaders um, leading up to our decision. And we, to be fair, there was one or two people that I would have liked to have uh, joined forces with, but um, but some of them seemed okay at the time and have since turned out to be absolutely poison. Um, I, I found that people say one thing to me to my face and then say something publicly uh, totally the opposite a few days later. Um, I, I, it, came, it came for me down to trust, and um, and and one or two people that I would have liked to have joined forces with didn't want to join with me, and that's pretty obvious, you know. So so I get that. So we we formed this party. Um, it's been a, an amazing journey. It's been the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I, I I I've met some amazing people. I I don't regret any of it. Um, we, we have had, we've had a few hurdles along the way, but what struck me most is the misinformation that's been spread about us out there. And uh, I see things being reported in the media and, or being put online on social media that are total and utter fabrication. No, no, not even a basis of truth to it, Rodney. And yet, um, it's being re- re- repeated like it's gospel. And I found that people are. I, I know that a lot of the freedom movement are very. They're unhappy. They're they're scared. They're hurting. They're distrusting, and 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 they're looking for a white knight that's going to ride in and save everything. And as you know, with politics, Rodney, um, people say a lot of things about what they're going to do, but when they get in there, the reality hits home that it's a big, slow, lumbering machine of parliament, and 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 wins are wins. Big wins take a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And so I want to stay. I didn't want to go out there and promise everything to everybody, which is what some of the other leaders are doing and misleading them. They're just lying to them. And, and I don't want to be part of that. I I wanted to be as, as honest and transparent as I could with everything I did. And if it meant telling people, no, we can't do that, or I don't think that's practical, I've said that all along. And a lot of people got on board with us and then jumped ship when they perceived something to be wrong or questioned around my integrity or my 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 yeah and I and I I get that, but I also it's for us it's been a bit tough to see watch um, some of the nasty sort of behaviour, but that's politics. You've experienced it. I've, I've experienced it, and it's just part of the game. Um, mm. But I, I, what I can tell you is that the the, the idea of getting five percent is a massive hurdle. The idea that the freedom movement's splintered and eating its own is is a reality. Um, the, the the our pathway to parliament is winning the seat. Some people will say, you're dreaming, Matt. They told me that the same when I went up against Winston Peters. No one gave me one iota of uh, belief that I was actually going to beat Winston in 2017. Only myself and my wife and my inner circle of people believed that I was going to win that seat because they'd seen the work I'd done, Um, and I did too. And in fact, I was disappointed that I didn't win it by more on the day, which seems crazy, but that's the reality. And, and that's the same thing's happening now with with Northland. We've got a, we've got a. It's not a red blue horse race. There's a there's an acting candidate that's that's been an is an MP, so he's vocal and up there. There's a the former na- the national candidate's newbie lives in the south of the electorate. No one knows him, so he's got his work cut out. We've got Shane Jones running around, um, you know, pumping himself up. Then we've got um, myself and obviously the Labour candidate. She's on the outgoing tide. That's that's obvious. And then we've got me, a former MP, that was swam against the tide at the, wow. at the last. At the t- so it could be a fight if if Shane Jones comes along. So it's mm. a four way race potentially. It's and if Shane Jones four way race, it's and Shane Jones race. could enter and make it a five way race. Look, I think I think the Labour candidate's going out on the tide. She's 
she's been missing in action and she's everywhere you go they say where's willow that's her nickname um she's going to be in anyway because she's on the list at number nine so so okay, she's going to okay. be in regardless and i don't think she wants to be an electric mp because it's a lot of hard work we've got the candidate that's unknown that was only named a few months ago for nationals so he's going to get some blue chihuahua vote what i call the blue chihuahua vote the vote for a dog with a ribbon on it yeah got shane jones running around he's obviously quite a high profile guy and he's well known he, he you know he gets a lot of media and I'm the XMP that swam against the tide at the last at the, in the 2020 election. My party vote halved, and yet I, I got 1,500 votes more. So, oh, you could argue that I that there were people out there that thought, okay, um, we you know we don't like national, but we like Matt. And I'm just going to be hammering that everywhere I go. And, I and there's an ACT MP standing in the seat. Yes, there is. He's a, he's a, actually an MP. You know, Mark Cameron. Yeah. So he's he's going to grow his vote because ACT vote is growing. There's no doubt about it. I'm, I'm seeing ACT signs on former national party farms. So conceivably, someone could get in literally on 20% of the vote. Look, at what could happen is the vote could be split and I, and, I'm, and, and I, the polling that we've done, the actual period polling that we paid for, I'm second equal with the Labour candidate and National's a little bit ahead, but the margin between me and him is, is closer than the difference between Labour and myself at the last election when we polled just before the election, there was a poll and I was 20% ahead of her and she ended up beating me on the day. Oh, not on the day, in the specials. Yeah. So your strategy, this is, uh, you're on Reality Check Radio, it's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We've got Matt King, uh, the leader of Democracy NZ, Um who former MP formed a political party going for it? So your strategy is to win Northland and therefore break the five percent hurdle. So every vote for Democracy NZ would then count to getting another MP or two. Correct. Absolutely. And if you look at all the minor parties and that includes New Zealand First, none of them have the chance of winning a seat. I don't believe any of them have a chance. I'm the, we're the only smaller party or citizens party that's actually got a got the, got the a potential to win the seat. So that's a no-brainer for us. And if you look at what happened in 2017, ACT got 0.5% of the vote. David Seymour was rolling around there, um, you know, like Lone, Lone Ranger. And um, look at him now. You know, yeah. and the Maori Party 1.2 percent at the 2020 election, and they won a seat. They got two MPs. Yeah. So that's that's the gateway. That's the pathway to Parliament. Five percent too high. It's too high. And you've had that electorate. The the people that you're campaigning amongst now have voted for you previously, albeit in a different suit. And you were their MP for three years. So you are a known quantity. You've just got to shake them loose from giving their electric vote to national. Yeah, well, I've ruled out Labour, the Greens, and the Maori Party. So we've said, no, we don't want to borrow them. They're, they're the government, the most corrupt, incompetent, immoral government we've ever had. So we won't talk to them. So what we've said is if you're going to be strategic in Northland and you want to change a government, if you two tick the party centre right parties that you normally have ticked all your life, you're actually not helping the situation because no. the party vote determines number in peace. So I say strategically give me the candidate vote. Party vote yeah. where you want, but give me yeah. your candidate vote. It's a no-brainer. There's no downside to it. It's an insurance policy. I'll, I'll, I'll go down to Parliament. We may win two or three 
list he's with me. We'll go down there and say to the government, hey, we don't want those guys because they're rotten. There's, there's no doubting that. We'll look at whoever the, the party, the country serves up. We'll say, as long as you respect our Bill of Rights, as long as you push back on the climate change narrative, as long as you support our farmers, as long as you support our families, we will form a partnership with you. We, I don't want ministerial positions or baubles of office or slush funds or anything. I just want a country that my kids and my grandkids can grow up and be proud of. So my motivation is pure. It's not for any sinister or nasty. Or, or well, the evil. peculiar thing is you winning Northland adds to national strength because they will get the same number of MPs in Parliament whether they win Northland or not. That's exactly. A that's a peculiarity of MMP. So um, if if um, if the Northland national candidate wins, well, good for him. He's in. If he loses, not so good for him. He's out. He might come in on the list depending where they place him. But it doesn't make any difference to the total number of MPs that National has, because there's only one thing that determines the number of MPs National have, and that is their party vote. So if I'm sitting in Northland, and I really hate this government, and there's a high chance that I'm sitting in Northland and that's the case, then I say to myself, I've got two votes, I've got a party vote, and I've got an electric vote. Northland is one of two or three or four seats in the country that my electorate vote can be of national significance. Obviously, it's the case in uh, Epsom, although the ACT Party looks like it's going to get over the five. Could be the case in some Maori seats. But in Northland, I vote for Matt King and I give my party vote to National or to ACT or to Democracy New Zealand, I get Matt King across the line in the electorate. I get one extra MP for the centre-right that we otherwise wouldn't have. It's a very hard thing to grasp about MMP because it sounds slightly nutty, but it's the reality that voting... Voting for Matt King in Northland gives the centre-right an extra MP. And goodness knows, Matt, these MMP elections are very fine. They might be so fine this time, but in the next election they could be. And those uh, extra one or two seats that can come by way of a third party can make the difference between who's in government, right? Absolutely. And I also say this, you imagine you two tick the blue team. Say you're a net voter, and I, I've spoken to heaps of them up here, and they understand my strategy when I explain it to them, but it's just getting around them all this hard, hard work, is that if you two tick blue and you got 59 or 60 or 61 seats in Parliament, um, and, or, you know, 61, and and, or, and then you, you form, you, you get there in the Maori, and we're saying no, 59 to 60, not 61, but the Maori party hold that balance, then we've got a Labour-Green government again. 
And imagine if you did two tick blue and you, you ended up being in opposition for another term when if you'd been smart about your vote and give me the candidate vote, I make up the numbers, we get us we get across the line, and then we form a government. And you know what? I, I want strength, strength and stability in government. I do. I want our country back on track. I absolutely do, and, and I recognise that need. But some people just can't get past that you've got to – they think you've got a two tick for the same party, the yeah. party and the person. And, it's just, and, it, and it's, it suits National to be putting out that line. But I think, um, well, good on you, um, because the voters of Epsom understand it perfectly, because since 2005, they have uh, ticked for the local ACT MP, uh, whether it's been me, John Banks, or David Seymour, because they understand that it adds to national strength and the national party have sort of had to now admit that uh, because it's become a reality and what Mm. you're trying to do is convince another electorate that this is a smart move Um, I gotta tell you in 2005 my billboard said because Richard Worth was on the list high and my billboard said um, vote for Richard Worth and you'll get Richard Worth. Vote for Rodney Hyde. You'll get Richard Worth, Rodney Hyde. Let's do us reacting piece, <laughs> which was hard hard to argue with, right? And, yeah. And the funny thing was, it was absolutely true. So mm. uh, on the on the uh, election night two thousand and five, um, I won the seat. Richard Worth got back in on the list. I got into Parliament, and plus Heather Roy came in to join me on the party vote. So Epsom mm. voters got three MPs, not none, mm. or one, you know? Well, and that's that's the argument that you have in Northland. It's a great strategy. Well, good on you. I hadn't appreciated that fully. And I also think that it's very, very strong for you that you've got these multiple horses in the race because Mm. um, you're not in a uh, hands-down race against um, an MP who's going to win no matter what. You've got a situation where you've got a new national candidate against someone who served the electorate before. You've got a Mm. sitting MP who the tide's going out on. Uh, you've got a, an ACT MP with ACT on the rise, uh, and you potentially have Shane Jones. And so the votes are all over the place. That's tremendous for you. Well, I'm also finding, Rodney, that I'm getting a lot of support from the Maori community because I stood up for their rights, especially when it came around to mandates and vaccinations and, yes. and basically caught, taking race out of everything. One of our policies, take race out of everything. It's about addressing need. And a lot of Maori community, a lot of the Maori community is supporting me because of that stance, because I'm calling it, being honest and upfront. And so that's really encouraging for me because, um, you know, I need to, to, it's a large Maori population in Northland. And if you don't have Maori support on side, you, you've got no chance. And I'm, I was doing human hoardings for weeks uh, on busy intersections. And the numbers of people that, um, that supporting me with Maori, clearly Maori blood was huge, like stopping, waving, tooting. I mean, I'll give you one example. I was putting up a hoarding and I got my trailer bellied. Like I, I cut the corner and it dropped into the drain. And I was very clearly in strife. And I stood on the side of this busy road. And the first couple that pulled up were a young married couple from, from Kaikoui who had a little four-cylinder 
Japanese car and they tried to pull my trailer out and they couldn't. And then and then another car came by about five minutes later, another married couple from Kirikiri with a four-wheel drive and they snapped the strop trying to pull it out for me. And then finally a big waste management truck pulled up with a big Hi-Ad, brand new one, and with a local, local married guy driving. And he hooked me out of the drain. And I went, wow. And I rang his boss. I got his number off his boss and I rang there in front of him and, and proceeded to praise him for what he'd done for me, helping me on the side of a busy road where no one else would stop. And um, and he loved that. And he, I was putting up another hoarding last week and he drove by in the same truck, stopped and had a yarn with me. And, and I looked at him and I thought, wow, these guys are backing me. And 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 this is really encouraging for North and B. Yeah. So absolutely. jumping ahead. All going well. A good wind comes behind. God smiles, and Matt King and two or three Democracy NZ uh, uh, candidates are in Parliament, and mm. National Act uh, forming a government. Let's say they don't need your vote particularly. I can imagine, but they'd rather you on board and in, in the tent than outside. What would you be asking for? What are your top two or three things that you would say, these are the things that people who voted for me and voted for Democracy NZ really need to happen? We know we're we're supporting you. We're supporting the centre-right. We don't want that other crowd back. But we need a bit because people voted not for National, not for ACT, but for Democracy New Zealand. Okay, so for a start, I would say I don't want ministerial positions. I don't want to be in cabinet because I want to uh, be able to criticise when I need to. Yeah. I would say if you respect the Bill of Rights, repeal every bit of legislation that breaches the Bill of Rights, starting from the current one and then working your way backwards, and then don't pass any legislation that breaches the Bill of Rights and that we will withdraw our support uh, if you do that. And that's why I need the balance of power so I've got some leverage. The okay. second thing I'd say is I want to fight back on this climate change stuff because the absolute evidence doesn't support the position they've taken. And it's all right. there to read. You know, it's it's black and white. It's, it wasn't the case two years ago. It was doom and gloom two years ago. Since then, the whole lot of things have happened that have shown, you know, the the the, um, the methane levels, you know, the temperature, the, the modelling they've used, everything. It's all, it's all up for grabs now. So I would say why do we need to hammer our farmers um, when we're actually the best in the world, we should be praising them and helping them. So that's the second thing. And the third thing I'd say is I want to be the the guy that's the calls the elephant in the room. You know, this this gender ideology stuff with the kids, you know, you, you don't have to be anti-trans to be pro-women. You know, it's really easy. Let's just call it how it is and be open and honest with people and tra be truly transparent. And I know you're probably listening to me, Rodney, going, oh, he's joking. But you know, you were a little bit like that. You were a bit of a perk buster. You were a bit of a guy that was outspoken and did a few things in your time, and that's what you were known for. And I want to be that guy as being the honest guy that says, hey, this is not right. It's not politically correct to talk this way, but let's be let's have that open conversation. That's what I want to do. And if you're a two or three percent party, say, with yeah. a seat, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And I want to build on that. I want to, I've got a whole bunch of people that are on our list waiting to come in. That that will wait for for 2026. Okay. They will be willing Tell to come. Tell me, so I, yeah. You must know a little bit about Luxon, right? And Nicola, is it Willis? Nicola, Nicola, Nicola Willis. Yep. Um, forgive me, but I can't. Oh, I almost stand them. This madness 
they're worse than Helen Clark ever was in terms of their positions on climate change and gender ideology. Yeah. It's Luxon's all in on climate change. Now, he can't shift. He's boxed himself in even, you know, I mean, why? Why would you be a leader and deputy leader of the National Party and come along and say we've got to shut farming down because the UN says so and we have to let men into the uh, girls' toilets and I'm not going to talk about it because you're on another planet. Can you explain that behaviour to me? Look, I I don't know um, Chris Luxon at all. I met him a few times. I met his wife, you know, at a couple of events, and I was an MP when he was an MP for three weeks, and that's the end of it. So I don't know his background. I don't know anything. But I did come in with Nicola Willis. I I came in on the same intake as her, so I know her. So we were rookie MPs for three three years, and I remember thinking that she's going to make prime minister one day because just the way she is, she's like that. But she's she they're very left. They could fit, fit in well with the Labour Party. They could actually be in the Labour Party and, and fit. Quite, do you think quite well. that? Do you think Nicholas is actually thinks that or she needs to think that to get to be the boss look i wouldn't want to put i wouldn't want to be inside her head but um she's a political animal and but i believe she strongly does feel that way she's you know she's she's got her views and i didn't agree with her views when i was with when i was in there what i can say is that the, the national party had six sitting full-time farmers when i was there some of them in senior positions and they'll have none next time the, the senior guys are all gone They've all retired or left, so they've got no farmers in there, only junior new new intake farmers. And I, I look at it and I go, there's a there's got to be a mix of conservative and farming type practical people Absolutely. in the party to steer them, keep them to the. Are you serious the, about that? The farmers are gone from national MPs. They totally have. I was there. There were six farmers. There are actually farmers that had farms that farmed, and I was one of them. And uh, they're all gone. Barbara Kruger's the only one, and she's been busted down the list. So all the rest are gone. You know. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Oh, we're cutting across. I do apologize. And my li- and listeners will be texting and emailing me furiously. So forgive me. <laughs> um, I loved it. I weekend the family and I drove up to Christchurch and back from Queenstown. Yeah. We saw a dozen signs. Democracy New Zealand. Family, freedom, farming. Yeah. I love that sign. I love that sign because freedom, family, farming tells me a lot. It actually tells me a lot. I can't imagine any other political party putting freedom, family, and farming. I imagine the Conservative Party could. Liz going good, but you know what I mean? Can you imagine National coming out and saying we're standing for family, for farming, and for freedom? They can't do it. No, no, no. I think I like that endorsement, Roddy. I feel really chuffed that you that you like that. Hey, look, what we've got is in our party is we've got people that are amazing people, and they're all none of them are politicians. I'm the only one that's actually got any political experience, but they're all just passionate people, and the and the supporters and volunteers we've got behind us is amazing. I mean, we get people ring up and say, how much for the hoarding, um, how much for 10 hoardings, freight and thing, and then put the money in our account and we freight them the hoardings and then they go and put them up. And they're Isn't that amazing? We, it's Isn't amazing. That amazing? Yeah. And they don't have a candidate. And we have. And one, I saw them. I saw the hoardings. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's well, funny, isn't it? They, they, they weren't people that you asked to put them up. They actually contacted you and paid money to put up a hoarding. Totally. And we've got a woman, say, in Masterton that does art. She got not, she's not a woman of means, and she, she paints art and she sells the art. She's been selling it on Facebook and in the gallery. And then the money she makes from doing her art, she buys flyers and puts ads in the paper in that area. And she, we give her the artwork. And she rings up and says, I've got another $600, so can you send us a 1,000 flyers? And then she goes in her moped and delivers them around Masterton. And I'm going, this is amazing. This lady is amazing. And, and yeah. I, I, it blows me away. It blows me away. Well, like, there you really go. Does. Well, good luck, Matt. Is there any closing comments that you've got for our listeners? Look, what I say to people is this. Um, you know, people have – but have, what people have done is they've made judgment calls based on someone saying something about us. I'd, I'd encourage them to th do their homework and do the research and maybe do a little bit of what your gut feeling is. Is Matt King le legit or not? Um, and then decide on that because I am here for the right reasons. The people that are supporting me are doing it for the right reasons. We want to get into parliament. We want to get the ship back on course. I mean, well, once I've done what I need to do and get the ship back on course and our Bill of Rights reinstalled as a sacred document, I will be opting out and handing the reins over to someone else. I do not want to be a career politician. I'm there for the right reasons. And I appreciate the work you're doing, Rodney, and RCR Radio are doing in that respect to support people to um, get this country back on track. Well, that's lovely, Matt. We wish you all the best for the campaign. And uh, win or lose, we'll have you back uh, for your insight. I wish you good luck. Um, I love it that you've kept up your enthusiasm and your positivity because um, you do have to concentrate on the lady on the moped uh, raising money for you and not the negativity of the media and people having a whack and the lies that get told. It's a tough business, but if you concentrate on the good that's done, um, you will succeed. So good luck, Matt. That's uh, Rally Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. I've been talking to Matt King. He's the leader and founder of Democracy New Zealand. Like I said, I drove from Christchurch to Queenstown. I saw, I don't know, a dozen billboards hoardings, and I loved them because they said, had a picture of Matt, Democracy NZ, some other person I didn't know. But what I saw was family, I'll get the order wrong, doesn't matter, family, freedom, farming, the three Fs. And I thought, how wonderful, because isn't that the essence of what we should be on about? Farming, freedom, family. Get those right, oh my goodness, you solve a lot of problems and we're going in exactly the other way, even if we do vote national and act. Thank you for listening. Send me a text 2057, email me inbox at radleycheck.radio. You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio.